Welcome to The Room of Lives. I'm your host, Neil. We are talking to my friend Benam, who is a classical violinist and music producer. In this episode, Benam shares why he is uncomfortable with the labels that humans use to identify themselves and others. Born of an Iranian Muslim father and American Christian mother, Benam could never relate to a patriotic, religious, or ethnic identity or any tribalism around static, choiceless identifiers. But whether labels aid or impede true understanding, their existence often shapes our self-determination. We then discuss his opinion that classical music is a meritocratic cult. separate bullet point that he wanted to talk about that um, labeling is something that you um, that has been problematic for you mm-hmm. um, ethnically religiously politically um, so yeah so I want to hear more about that yeah um, and I guess that is yeah that does kind of relate well to this idea of, of connecting versus not connecting mm-hmm. um, yeah so I, I grew up in a as a half Iranian, half American person, my um, mother was a practicing Christian. My dad, not really a practicing Muslim, but mm. way more Muslim than he was Christian. Yeah. Um, and this is like, like I was, I was really coming into adulthood around the time that, um, you know, my, not not adulthood, sorry, adolescence. Mm. I was like born in '93, but yeah, I was like eight, seven or eight when. 9-11 happened and like 10 when uh, Bush decided to invade Iraq mm. um, and, and so so to me like there was just like this clear dichotomy in my mind growing up um, that that well maybe not dichotomy it was, it was it was weird it was a split there was a split down the middle of my identity um, mm. so so like you know in, in deep West Texas things are pretty conservative like people are patriotic about being American yeah. Um, and I could not be because I knew because yeah. I'd met them that like, like half of my family was was really kind of in mortal peril because of um, totally unchecked imperial t- imperialist tendencies of, of the country that I live in mm. and that I'm a citizen of. And, and, and so so I never really had the the um, luxury of feeling at ease in a sense of belonging to that identity of being a U.S. citizen. I was like, yeah, but actually, you know. The two hundred thousand Iraqi citizens who died in the five years after we first invaded really didn't have that coming. You know, they were just yeah. good people trying to live their lives, and they just had one bad dictator, and now they're all dead. Yeah. Um. And and so like that really wasn't accessible to me. Um. Neither was religion, just because all the metaphors don't make sense when the heavenly father is one thing and your real father is like clearly something else. And it's just like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, 
True. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and, and it was even more confusing. That's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> the contradiction it never, like... Yeah, no, the metaphor. Most. Yeah. Well, and, and then, like, the all, like, the, you know, right hand of God is Jesus, blah, blah. I'm left-handed. You know, I'm like, I don't need this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you guys. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, like, according to Christianity, my dad's going to hell. According to Islam, we all have to go to heaven. So I should probably convert. You know, it's like, yeah. there, there's those. Wait, wait, wait. You said, wait, wait, wait. Hang on, hang on. According to Christianity, your dad's going to hell. According to Islam, what's happening? As I understand it, there are there are less prestigious levels of heaven for um, other Abrahamic uh, faiths. Oh, well, I'm fucked. Yeah, you're, yeah, you should probably convert to them. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what, what happens to Hindus I have in no the idea. Quran? Um, you have to do they have a proposition for us i think or? you go to hell man yeah yeah sorry about that okay um it's a club you know kind of <laughs> yeah. um which is this is weird because i did it yeah. in church well um, you kind of like you you said uh you upped my hopes there by saying <laughs> we and i'm like oh what's oh, that we yeah, are at sorry. least is there one religion According to which I'm going to have <laughs> No one has ever told me this. No, you get reincarnated. Such a <laughs> yeah, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> just never, just like, nope, nope, not again. Yeah. Uh, politically. And politically, it was kind of funny because, like, mm. uh, there have been times in my life when I would consider myself, like, libertarian. Mm. Um, other times when I consider myself socialist. I read, like, you know, Plato's Republic when I was way too young. And it just, like, you know, got in my head. I was like, everyone should just, we should wait for the philosopher king. Yeah. Um, well, wait, what's that? Just unpack that a little bit. Oh, okay. just th- this idea that, like, you know, this is the same gripe that anyone will have. This is one reason why I, I kind of just got really um, disillusioned with politics by the time I was 13 because I, like, thought about it for a while and I was like, oh, God. Mm-hmm. Um, Philosopher King, uh, in, in Plato's Republic, he outlines the ideal society and in that society, people um, who would rule would have spent their life, time, training for this um the way that like an athlete an olympic athlete would yeah um and and they would they would go through these rigorous stages and 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 only after they had served in all the positions that were like relevant to understanding the plight of the everyday person would they be allowed to Mm. provide the act of service that is governing um right so you know very platonic uh yeah that ideal utopian yeah Yeah. um but yeah so politically religiously ethnically yeah ethnically i had the weird name so it was you know it's cats out of the bag even though i look pretty white yeah um uh, i never i never went by andrew my parents never called me andrew nobody ever called me andrew 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 is my first name what yeah (laughs) (laughs) like am i supposed to be knowing something like Uh, this yeah who's this andrew right then i'm go by andrew well and and no one else knew that either until i went to public school where they read your name off a roster um, and my first name was my first name what it was and yeah. so people were like Andrew yeah I've done the same thing to undergrads that I've taught I've called them things that they don't want to be called by like fucking it's here <laughs> like it's, it's on my computer screen yeah <laughs> also when you turn in your work please write down your name like it appears on my <laughs> computer screen I don't care what you prefer to be called it's not about that I need to know who you are what you're see homeschool yeah. me and, and you we would not get along we, yeah. would, we would argue a lot but yeah uh, yeah, so I had to correct people, and, and that was that was just something. Um, that's actually something that I've I've still I've I found this really kind of hilarious that I've never lived in a place where Banam was a native name, um, so I've never had 
I've never had to not say it twice to someone. Yeah. I don't think I've ever met someone where I was like, my name's Benam. You're like, cool, Benam, nice to meet you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, that's never so happened. So, Benam is your, what, middle name? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so you're Andrew Benam Arzagi. Yeah. That's, that sounds better. <laughs> the Andrew and the Arzagi just kind of like, there's like the melodic. Yeah. It's Andrew Benam Arzagi. Sounded binary. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Andrew Banam Arzagi. Yeah. Better than Banam Arzagi, I think. That's just my personal. I will keep that in mind because I've, I've seriously considered dropping the first name. It would be like, like. Well, I don't know. If you if you ever want to become famous in any certain area and want that extra little bit of push that will um, turn some more heads, you're like, my name is Andrew Banam Arzagi. Like, See, okay. I, I, I just don't like Andrew, though. I've never liked that name. That name yeah. was like. Like a bad melody to me. Just, yeah, just like, oh, <laughs> I see. <laughs> yeah, Benam. Yeah, nice. Um, but yeah, so, so that was like, that was really interesting to me because I also did want to relate to people. Yeah, um, I was a human being. I was a human being. Um, and 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 so the sense of like community through tribalism around those static identifiers, one ones that really involve little to no choice. Mm-hmm. Um, Ethnic ethnicity, there's no choice involved. Yeah. Nation you're born in, there's no choice involved. Yeah. Those things to me were extremely uninteresting because I'm like, I, I have no, yeah. my volition is unexpressed on these things, so yeah. you really don't know anything about me. Yeah. Um, but it's once again, I mean, uh, actually, um, the the TED talk touched upon this. It's it's because we want certainty, and so we use those labels about people that are more certain. Mm-hmm. Like I don't give a shit what's evolving in your life your, the color of your skin isn't where you were born <laughs> isn't and uh, I guess your nominal religion isn't so yeah it's just it's yeah, easier yeah, to it's categorize easier. it's so much easier and, and yeah. it's yeah it's placating like, it's like, I now know what to think about Benam mm-hmm. because of these five parameters that I know about him yeah <laughs> no and, and I mean encountering something unknown in the world yeah um, I think yeah our, our bodies have few responses and it's either fear or sometimes curiosity Fear is predominant, I think, for most people. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, it's useful if you think about it. We're immersed in this world of just bunches of data, and we need to f- navigate our way around. And a lot of times, this means having very little to go on and trying to make the the, the most prudent decision possible. Mm-hmm. And if curiosity and exploration is not on top of your list then a lot of the times the best thing that you can do is the best statistical extrapolation based on the meager amount of information that you just got out of this guy. Yeah. Well, and I think I think it's, uh, so that evolutionary biology course that yeah. I took, um, especially because we're hyper-social animals, it makes sense that only a few need be curious. You only need like one or two people to find like the new like apple tree and everyone gets the apples. Um, yeah. Whereas <laughs> like most people who, like, yeah, I, I yeah. Fear is uh, fearful. Um, what, what's the what's the word I'm looking for? Ris- conservative. Conservative actions risk, are risk yeah, averse. Risk averse actions are, are yeah. generally going to be preferred. Yeah. I feel like, um, but yeah, now it's no longer relevant because like, yeah. like we're talking about when, uh, like the likelihood of us actually not experiencing abundance for the rest of our lives is extremely low. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> speaking of labels. Um, uh, the Wachowskis are like one of my favorite directors, if not the favorite. What are they? <coughs> so they used to be Andy and Larry Wachowski. Okay. 
directed the Matrix, and then they both uh, changed sex. And so in the middle, they were the Wachowski siblings, and now they're the Wachowski sisters instead of brothers. I don't know what their first names are, Lara or something. I don't know. Anyway, so they produced this um, this original um, Netflix series called Sensate, and um, the Matrix being possibly my all-time favorite movie, and then. Cloud Atlas being a more recent movie that I absolutely loved. And then I found out that it was also directed by the Wachowskis. Um, I was really excited to start watching the series. Um, eventually it got discontinued because, um, you know, the number of people who were watching the show was not being justified by its production cost. Like they had to shoot it everywhere around the world. Uh, it was a story of these eight people born at the same time in eight different places of the world but they're all somehow just mentally connected to each other and this like this starts to happen like in the beginning they were individuals but eventually slowly they start uh, being able to eavesdrop into each other's experience and they don't know what's going on but there's like a backstory anyway i with the watchers is what is apparently a sci-fi movie contains deep philosophical undertones every fucking time <laughs> except when they did matrix 2 and 3 that was just uh, <laughs> that was <laughs> yeah that anyway was <laughs> um but in sensate um i remember there was this uh, this one quote where it formed uh, an important part of one episode it was like and the quote was labels are the opposite of understanding um, it was something about the LGBT movement, I guess. Um, there was this guy, a Mexican actor, one of the sensates, one of the eight people who were like connected to this. Um, and he had accidentally uh, been exposed as being gay. And suddenly all of the media attention was on him being gay. And there was this one reporter who was asking him, so something about him being gay, so are you whatever... And he said, I don't know why you're asking me these questions. Like, why does it matter? And she said, I want to understand. And he said, no, you don't want to understand. Labels are the opposite of understanding. And so that struck me. And I was like, yeah, that's, that's true. That's, um, this is not about understanding. To a certain extent, it does help. But beyond that, sticking to that label works against. Because if you want to know more, it's more than that one bit of information. If you really get into it where there's a lot more subtlety and it's a whole panorama of different things, it's a very high dimensional object that one label does serves you no more. So I wouldn't go so far as to say that labels are not useful at all, but they have a certain uh, extent of utility. And if you're interested in something beyond uh, just the initial label, firstly, the initial label may itself be wrong. But even if it is correct, it's approximate and therefore wrong. Um, so if you're interested in that, at some point you have to abandon it. <laughs> at some point you do. I mean, it doesn't matter how carefully, how many more words you eventually end up using. Language is an approximation. So no matter how well you think you label this, because instead of using a word, you wrote a whole book, it's still an approximation. <laughs> so, yeah. Anyway, 
you're supposed to be the guest and I just keep no, rambling no, that, on. No, that, no, that's so, yeah. like, that's, yeah. that's something that I've, I've like, yeah. I really align with. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah, partly because I've ex- I experienced, like, erroneous labelings, partly because... Yeah, it, it, it is the antithesis of curiosity, too. It, it's, it's an unwillingness to accept the fact that you don't know something, right? Like, it's like we just throw it at. Like, like you're like, just like, give me, give me, like, I can paint all of you in five minutes if you just tell yeah. me your, like, age, name, gender, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Um, this is actually, so, okay, statistics. Mm-hmm. Um, this is what I think, okay, no, okay. What you were saying earlier, something that prompted me. Mm-hmm. Thinking about how the, the presence of these labels um, actually interacts with us, though. So this is, I think, the really insidious thing about them that, that gives them their power is that because we as, as intelligent beings know this is the way, on first glance, a lot of people will look at the world and thus look at us, it actually it, it can begin to wield power over how we choose to grow ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I've definitely seen that happen to friends and family where, where knowledge of what, what labels are readily available, um, even locally or globally, or, or like, like, you know, this I think is an interesting thing to, to see what kind of like stereotypes about um, young adults um, exist in different cities that I've lived in. Um, it's almost like there's like a different buffet to choose from in terms of what like kind of brat you are. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and like, I'm always like, oh, the one that I was last time is not here. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe it's not fundamental. Yeah. Um, I think it's really, I think it's, uh, the stereotypes are insidious because I think some people can map their entire lives in accordance with them so that they can be understood, probably because they are compelled by a desire to be understood um, and, and, and fear that the only the only efforts people are making are through the labels that we use. Yeah. Um, and to me, for some reason growing up, I was indignant by that very notion. I, I, yeah. I think I went out of my way to make that yeah. not yeah. available to people. I remember when I started playing the drums, I, I went to this place in my neighborhood where there was a teacher and everyone that turned up would be in t-shirts and had long hair. I'm like, fuck this shit. Just like fucking play the... Why is all of these accessories need to happen? <laughs> and obviously you're not the first person who came up with this. I think you came up with the fact that you like to play the drums, but all of this other stuff is derivative. <laughs> I'm not going to go buy into any of that shit because that's... Now you're trying to align yourself more and more along this identity so that people can identify you by by sight mm-hmm. and say, oh, that's a musician. <laughs> well, and it's very tribal, right? Like, so, so this yeah. is something that I, in in my mind, I might just be confused, but to me, this idea of tribalism, this idea that that we are just like you know um, a replaceable unit in a group of, of of something, is really reprehensible. I'm just like, I'm I'm so not into that. Like, I thought tribalism was a necessary state back when we didn't have civilization. And now we have like something that's a little bit more freeing in terms of being able to, to individualize in some way yeah. um, and, and, and pick and choose those things that work yeah. for us. And, and But the fact is, if you think about it, because our ancestors lived uh, for a much longer time under these tribal conditions, it means that the genetics of that had enough time. Like, the, those conditions had enough time to seep into the genetics. Oh, yeah. So therefore, yeah, yeah. our animalistic or tribal tendencies are ancient, hardwired ones. And even in inside of civilization, we have to find ways to vent it through sport, 
or politics or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's not like we're deciding to do it. We are deciding what ways to mediate these tribal instincts through. Uh, no, I nationalism, right? Patriotism, well, and and so so to me, like, it's it's definitely not that I've not felt those tribal impulses. Yeah. It's 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 that there's something about me that I've always I've always I felt like that's where my battle was as a person was was to be able to say no to those and instead choose because because like that's that's the default that's that's your that's your setting if you don't you know if you don't deliberate if you don't um put yourself in uncomfortable situations and and try and um allow that space for redefinition to occur you're just stuck being in your tribe that's what's going to feel safe that's what's going to feel good and and to me that wasn't that wasn't challenging what, what my life could be who i could be what i could make of you know like the fact that we may or may not be sentient consciousness blah 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 all that mm. stuff I was I was comfortable just to, for the time being making the assumption I do have some sort of autonomy I do have some sort of agency mm. the ways that I the ways that I act that out that's the deepest expression of of that gift of agency that mm. there could be is is to is to go beyond what I would do on autopilot and, yeah and even even at the expense of making good decisions, sometimes it was like, I'm going to make the most ridiculous decision possible because I can make ridiculous decisions. Yeah. Um, so, well, I mean, it can be thought of as just a, a higher, another level of autopilot. Right. No, it's, 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 like, it, 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 oh, it's this, this bit of more sophisticated machinery and you wants you to reject everything that, but it's still autopilot. No, I, I, <laughs> yeah, I kind of agree. Well, because like, I think as long as there's a reactionary quality and, and, and it's kind of all encompassing and, and then there's no nuance, then it's, yeah, it's kind of, it is it is just an inverted sense of that same thing um and and that's that's actually something that i i i think i became more in tune with later on is is my instinctive aversion to most tribalistic tendencies Mm -hmm. which actually often kind of kept me disconnected from people Mm because i wasn't able to just allow myself to become a little bit you know egoless Mm -hmm. and subsumed in some some sort of state of, of yeah. being part of something larger and I was like you know that can't all just all the time fundamentally without exception be bad yeah I remember when I took you to this housewarming party you looked at all these people and said oh it feels so good to see people outside my cohort didn't <laughs> 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 say nothing more about that yeah <laughs> 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 Yeah, you love them. Um, <laughs> I, will, I, I do all the rituals. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was just speaking, I think, yesterday morning with... I told you about Ali, this girl that I did the Mandelbrot set project with over summer. Mm-hmm. And she seemed to me a very unlikely candidate for getting into a sorority. But there was apparently this one sorority where she was getting into... And yesterday when I spoke to her, she said she had unpledged herself from the sorority. And I said, well, what happened? Uh, you seem pretty excited about it. And she said, well, I was trying to be excited about it. And I had told myself that this is a sorority that's different from the other ones. But turns out wasn't different enough. <laughs> like, okay, well, I'm happy. <laughs> anyway. Well, and it's, it's kind of interesting, too, because it's, it's not that I've like... So classical music, I definitely consider a cult. Um, yeah. it's just a, it's a cult that um, is kind of meritocratic more mm-hmm. so than a lot of places 
um, less so than some. I actually don't know if I've encountered that many places that are more fair in that way. Um, because you can't cheat, you know, you can't, you're going to sound like how you sound. Oh yeah. Uh, But I mean, I read this book called Blink by Malcolm Gladwell, mm -hmm. where if you're also looking at the person who's playing the music that can paint a lot of, uh, a very different picture of how you perceive. Oh yeah. There, and there, there is bias. If it's a woman, then you're going to be like, okay, it wasn't very good or something. Right. Well, that's why we have blind auditions. Like a lot of, a lot of auditions are blind. Mm -hmm. The, The first time I, um, was concertmaster of an orchestra with because of a blind audition. Um, mm-hmm. I wouldn't have been given that. I was, I mean, I was twelve, and it was, oh, wow. it was a high school audition, so mm. they would have been like, "No, no, you're too short." Yeah. Um, so, and I, so I appreciated that about it, especially there was there was pretty rampant cheating in my high school. Um, it was very, very, very common, mm. um, and I was homeschooled before that, so I, like I was like, I I am here to make myself smarter, and yeah. there is no. There's no, there's nothing achieved by cheating in my mind. I was like this, like, yeah. um, as long as I'm making A's in my classes, you can, like, if you're not 100s, then, um, so I, that, that, that appealed to me and, and I definitely like indoctrinated myself, so to speak, like listened to all the same musics, like, you know, learned the lore, the history, who the big players are, um. Yeah, I, I, I think I've, I've always been a little bit reluctant to wholesale accept whatever is being um, sold to me by authority. Like that's mm. that's always been super uncomfortable for me. Um, and I think it, it it waxes and wanes. I I, I, I think in it, I've had times more recently where I've seen what the where in my own mind I was ready and willing to accept and defer to an authority because it seemed to me that that was the most efficient and effective way for the whole system to operate yeah. is if people in my position were willing to do the, the part where they were the most effective agent, right? Which mm-hmm. is, this is the school I'm at now. Being a student, mm-hmm. there are certain things that you can do that are helpful. There are certain things that um, are not your jurisdiction. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think... I got to witness at the school what happens when a lot of people are like how I, how I was a lot of my time growing up, which is to say unwilling to make room for other people to make decisions um, and then to just follow those decisions to the best of your ability. Um, I think it's a lot It's a lot more about the right mixture, the right harmony, the right concoction than it is yeah. about, at least in most in most endeavors, endeavors larger than one person, it's always about collaboration. It's always mm-hmm. about learning how to um, be the right component, um, and that supersedes whether it's the component you wanted to be, because you just want to be the right component. You know, that's that's the only goal. That's one thing that yeah. I always really enjoyed about playing in an orchestra, um, especially a really good orchestra, uh, is, is because it's comprised of individuals who. Are able to move in and out of roles, mm-hmm. um, and 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 that and that is the objective. The primary objective shared by everyone in that room is 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 the complete sound that comes to the audience. And so, whatever that means for you as the individual, is the best course of action that that you you obligingly go towards, not begrudgingly. It's like 
you know, if I, if I have to play so soft and so quiet over the finger that you basically can't hear me so that you can hear the, you know, the, the cello, the solo, the solo cellist really mm-hmm. well, then that's, that, that means I'm making great music. Yeah. You know, true. like, like that doesn't mean I'm, I'm <laughs> there's, there's everything right with that situation. Um, and that ability to be malleable and, and it says nothing about my ability to sound like a great soloist. Right. Mm-hmm. It's like, I would, you know, I work on those chops too. That's just, this is not the right time or place. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, I think that lack of fluidity in, in, in a lot of mainstream society cripples, um, groups ability to work together effectively because, because there's this like incorrect assumption that the role you fulfill now is indicative of the only role you're able to fill and, and the role that you will always be put in. And, mm-hmm. and that comes back to the stereotyping, right? Mm-hmm. In, in a, in a environment where people are prone to do that, that might actually be more true. Um, I think the culture around how we perceive the roles that people play and, and how fluid we think of those roles as being, isn't an important component to giving people the space to be able to, if they're more innately strong-willed, be comfortable taking a backseat, knowing that that's yeah. going to help yeah. the process move forward that's and that they yeah. won't be pigeonholed there forever. Yeah. True. Thanks for joining us in the Room of Lives. In the next episode, Benam shares his experiences and observations on his winding trajectory through five different systems of education. Something real again To feel like I can fly Can August come too soon? I don't know, I don't know, I don't know But I know I'm losing my mind Oh, this feeling I'm free willing Put your hands in the air if you feel me In this sunny California, honey Don't give a fuck to God